We're told that Shakespeare's Love's Labor's Lost begins with an ostentatious declaration that Navarre and his followers will gain renown by joining an austere academic retreat. They will submit to a three-year course of study within the prescribed geographic limits of Navarre's court and its gardens. Three followers will likewise conquer time and space by gaining an immortal fame, becoming heirs of all eternity that will extend to the four corners of the globe. The retreat is characterized by statutes, living by a schedule, and strict observances regulating daily routines, namely one day in a week to touch no food and but one meal on every day beside, and then to sleep but three hours in the night. That from the essay, The Time When, The Place Where, by Tara Collington and Philip Collington. So, a conscious decision by Navarre and company to withdraw from the world for a specific goal or goals in mind to suppress the vitality of life. By the end of the play, it's no surprise that the project has failed and that life intrudes into artifice. Music and love have been reintroduced. The retreat from the world in its many manifestations all dissipates into the play's closing musical dialogue. Music matters to that end in this play, even though withdrawal is in the offing yet again. On the other hand, in We Will Rock You, the Queen musical, we meet a group of bohemians, as we learn from the web, who are faced with a constrained world, a world without a free exchange of thought where everyone dresses, thinks, and acts the same, not by choice in this case, but through outside forces of control. The suppression of the vitality of life and living is represented by the banishment of music, and it will be their quest to break through with a return to life and living represented by their success with music. If you are able to attend the entire summer season of the Scranton Shakespeare Festival, those notes might be something to keep in mind. The season opens this Friday, July 1st, and will include Shakespeare's Loves, Labors, Lost, and We Will Rock You, the Queen musical, Sweet Charity as well, and we have the details from Michael Bradshaw Flynn, who is co-founder and is artistic director of the Scranton Shakespeare Festival, and Jonathan Stevens, who is managing director. You have to tell us how it all began. Well, Midsummer Night's Dream started with a production in Nayog Park that consisted of some young actors in their early careers that came from New York City, as well as Philadelphia, and mostly northeastern Pennsylvania. And we rehearsed for about three and a half weeks. We put a show up in Nayog Park. We hoped for about 100 people to show up, and to our surprise, we had closer to 1,000 people. 
And through those generous donations that people made after seeing, you know, an afternoon of free Shakespeare in the park, we were able to take the modest donations that we received and we became a 501c3 of our own. And then the year after, we had a few extra performances, a terrible weather, but people pulled out their umbrellas and waited for the actors to continue. And then year after year, our third year is when we really started expanding our programming and not just offering Shakespeare, which is always a bedrock of our programming, but also original plays. We did an original play by Douglas Carter Bean called Fairy Cakes, which has just played in New York City off-Broadway. And we did uh, Pirates of Penzance, which was, of course, a fun family operetta that was very much enjoyed. And then every season, we've grown. Last season was our 10th year. We were able to do a beautiful outdoor production of a very ambitious, grand season, which was gorgeous and very challenging. And now here we are getting ready to foray into a new decade of free professional theater, of not just Shakespeare, but musicals, new works, and also continuing to expand our youth theater ensemble programming. You could have bailed any time along the way, Jonathan. I could have. <laughs> I could have. But I chose not to. Why? Do you know what? That's a good question. I'm kind of hooked. Scranton has become, over the years, my summer town. You know, I, I come here and I enjoy the people and I enjoy the things and I enjoy making and creating. But for me, especially it's the mission, the free part of the theatre and the accessibility of it, you know, completely free, is is something that I think everyone should have the opportunity to experience, especially those that have never been to the theatre before. But, you know, to enjoy a musical as well as classical stuff like Shakespeare that may not be what people have been able to experience. You know, I think sometimes we experience it in a classroom setting and are maybe turned off by it or are, are bored by it. But I think what we do, we kind of take the Shakespeare and, and make it accessible. We make it fun and maybe modern or, you know, give it a little of a bit of a twist. And it's instantly a bit more jazzy. And um, yeah, I'm going to use the word jazzy. <laughs> and that's what I like. That's what I that's why I come back every year from from England. And Jonathan also, you know, we don't often get a chance to celebrate the work that Jonathan does. But, you know, a managing director is so essential in the business administration. And I think a lot of times we can forget that theater is a business. And I think that's why Shakespeare's writing was so good because Shakespeare was also a director, Shakespeare was an actor, Shakespeare was a producer, Shakespeare understands that world and Jonathan has to take on a lot of the responsibilities that have continued allowing us to get better as an organization. So whether that's organizing a marketing campaign or dealing with the front of house and dealing with different blueprints and setting timelines and just organizing finances, there's just so much as we continue to grow and try to graduate to a level of more competitive grants, he's sort of been the person on the management side of things pushing us forward and getting us to this point. Because as we often say, a lot of businesses fold in that first four to seven years, mm -hmm. right? And we definitely had some moments of trial and tribulation. There were some difficult times in a lot of varying different ways. But I think having him there to help navigate how we operate as an organization, how we collaborate and work alongside our board, and also help monitor all the exciting partnerships we have with different venues in the area, but different partners has been really great. And it looks like we're doing the impossible because we are paying actors. We are housing actors. And this, of course, is happening due to wonderful grants and in-kind donations from organizations like the University of Scranton, who is able to house us and local media outlets for being able to help promote our vision. 
but a lot of it is done out of really smart calculating, budgeting, and, you know, having to brainstorm effective ways to produce beautiful, exciting theater that is free. Because the truth is, is that it isn't free. Not what we're doing. You know, we want to pay people and we want to continue to prioritize paying people better because, you know, we believe artists should be compensated as working professionals and that, you know, you shouldn't have to be on Broadway to be making a decent living, a decent living as a professional theater maker. So that's something that we're looking as we continue to expand. Um, but of course, we've had to be really creative and strategic doing this, which is paying off in some ways, but it also <laughs> is showing us the things we need to continue to build upon in this next decade. Michael, you're always very careful when you put together a season and there are conversations between and among the pieces you choose. And last season was a blockbuster. What about this year? This year is an interesting year for artistic choices because some of them were made for quite a while and then a few others are a bit of having to improvise at a moment's notice. So, for instance, we knew for our Shakespeare we wanted to do this production of Love's Labor's Lost because, just to go back to our 10th year, we sort of did all the whoppers. That was like a gala celebration. We're out of COVID. So we did Ragtime and Into the Woods, which might be two of the most difficult, intricate musical theater pieces. Ragtime because of how expensive the story is, the material is, the music is, and the casting requirements are. And then Into the Woods, just because it's Sondheim symphonic and incredibly iconic right now. And on top of that, our two Shakespeare's were Hamlet and A Midsummer Night's Dream. So we were set up, and then we had a beautiful new work called Conversion Rate. So we were set up with a hefty year 10. But at the end of that, we had to take a moment and say, as an organization, we have to position ourselves for a bit more longevity. And it was just incredibly demanding, switching between venues and just setting up that set, which, again, was really the grandeur of the Iron Furnaces, but... So much had to be done just so that we had a tent to sell concessions under or a place for the actors to go. So there was just so much manpower and very little infrastructure that this year we knew that we had to be indoors. So that was sort of one of our bits of criteria. And then when it came to picking the material, we knew we wanted to do a production of Love's Labor's Lost, which is a bit of a pivot from the iconic Shakespeare. It's one of Shakespeare's earlier comedies, romantic comedies. There's a lot of fun to it, but it actually feels all the more relevant now because it deals quite a, a lot with isolation and sort of taking vows of, of isolation and what sort of hijinks ensue after that. And we wanted to work with this director, Victoria Ray Sook, who's, who has ties to the Abington community and has gone on to New York and has directed this production a number of different ways off-Broadway and in a few other areas throughout the United States. So we knew we kind of wanted to bring that back, a new director for us, but somebody who did have some local ties, who has gone on to really make quite a name for themselves as a director, actor, and as a choreographer. And then another person we really wanted to work with was a good collaborator and friend of ours, Kristen Brooks Sandler, who choreographed a very successful production of Joseph and the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat we did a few years ago. And we were thinking about some titles. We wanted something a little quirky. So we decided on Sweet Charity. And normally, that was a bit of a quirky pick for us. You know, it was a Fosse musical with a Neil Simon book. And it was adapted from a Fellini film. So some great <laughs> songs to it. And of course, you know, there's a lyric that references Scranton. So we were uh, sold. We were sold. <laughs> we did a workshop of it. And we knew before we even went to casting that we had the Sweet Charity to play it. You know, Gwen Verdon made it iconic. Shirley MacLaine did the movie. And... <laughs> We've got our very own Kelly Jean Graham, 
who will serve as our charity, which we're very excited about. She's been a wonderful constant at the festival, and I think she'll lead that performance really nicely with another Scranton favorite, Latoya Martin. So we're very excited about them working on this production. And then we also are programming uh, two sort of new works. One of them is going to be a stage reading of actually Shakespeare play, All's Well That Ends Well. So we're excited to be able to work that play in a little bit more of an academic viewpoint because it is a bit challenging and strange. So we're trying to still hold true to our namesake, but maybe reinvent the way we explore some of these works with the public. And then another new work that we're workshopping is a ballet of Cinderella, which we're very excited for. It's got a little bit of a spin. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like working with Thistle Dance Company, who's uh, out of New York. And they came up with the idea and pitched it to us. We really loved it. It's um, the idea that the story of Cinderella has been told inaccurately all along. And that maybe Cinderella isn't actually the, the innocent person that we may have thought. So we're exploring the idea of sin and what kind of things people will do to get their happy ending. Cinderella. Mm -hmm. Cinderella with an S. And it's also the first time we've told a story completely through movement and dance and music. So this is, again, a very exciting first time for the festival to sort of expand what we consider theatrical entertainment. You mentioned at the start young people. You're developing your programming with and by young people. Yes, yes, we are. We've had a youth program for a while. Last year was our sort of reinvention of the youth ensemble, as we now call it headed up by Lizzie Gamula, who's also a Scranton local. We had 18 students last year, and this year we have 30. So it's growing nicely, and we're doing a production of Heathers this year, school edition. (laughs) Yeah, so we're excited to grow that program. You know, we think it's really important to have that through line of students coming in under our umbrella um, to rise up through the ranks, and hopefully we can collaborate with them in our main stage season too. Completely. And I think something that's really exciting is just the enthusiasm, the talent of the the group is just quite jaw-droppingly good. And I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, they're young and they can memorize the lines and, you know, do a step touch. I was so thoroughly impressed watching their auditions and talking to them and interviewing them about, you know, some deeper questions of what does theater mean to you and why are you excited to do this piece? They were just very articulate, intelligent, and gave me a lot of faith in the youth and arts, which, you know, isn't always obvious to see. But we wanted to bring new people into our organization. As we're getting ready for a new decade, we know that we're keeping the people we have and that we're getting happy. But how do we get a new kind of group in here? (laughs) So we're doing a production of a musical called We Will Rock You which I believe is one of the longest running. It's the longest running musical in London. Yeah, but it never played Broadway. It toured a little bit. And we were actually going to do this title a few years back, the year, the season that COVID came for. But, you know, the music is wonderful. And I the more and more we dive into it, I can't think of as many. You know, there are a few, but I think Freddie Mercury and Queen just, of course, they had amazing harmonics and had a lot of variety with the music that they produced and the amount of time they had to produce it. But the lyrics are just so fun and express so much, whether it's friendship, intimacy, silly sci-fi sentences. I mean, there was just 
so much variety there that is almost Shakespearean. And I've read in biographies that he's always wanted to write for the Royal Ballet, Freddie Mercury, that is, and for dance. So I knew this was a great opportunity to add as much theatricality to that music that would be possible. And we've got a great choreographer, Matt Linity, who's come back to join us. And he just got off a really cool tour with Tadric Hall. So he's been creating some gorgeous dance pieces for this number. It's got iconic music. And, you know, the book is a little different. It's kind of like a Black Mirror episode of a futuristic society where music has been outlawed. And so there's Mm -hmm. a lot of imagination that takes place, but it's a very different story. But for all your Queen favorites, they're probably in it. And, you know, there are a few ones that you might be like, oh, I don't know that I've ever heard this song. So it's great. If you love Queen and you don't love Shakespeare, I would recommend you come to that one. (laughs) And we're hoping that you'll enjoy yourself so much you will come to the other shows. Where will you be? Where do we find you in Scranton? Mm-hmm. So We Will Rock You is going to happen at Lackawanna College Theatre. That's the only show that we're going to be doing at that venue. And the rest of them are happening at the Steamtown Mall. So the marketplace at Steamtown have kindly given us a unit to change, transform and do whatever we like to, to make it into a theatre space for the summer. So we're really excited for that opportunity. And we are going to make it our own. And the rest of the shows are going to play inside, undercover, away from the elements, and in air conditioning. Air conditioning, ADA compliant, exactly. Parking readily available. It's an old Eddie Bauer that we've now, like Jonathan said, are making our own. And we've got beautiful, it's become a black box theater, which we're really excited about. And just to be able to have a place to sort of stick our flag in for some time and really claim is is going to be a wonderful opportunity for us. And we have quite an easy to follow schedule this summer. So performances start July 1st. We go first up with We Will Rock You. That happens at Lackawanna College Theatre. And then the weekend after that, which is the next Thursday through Sunday, that's going to be Love's Labour's Lost. And then the week after that, again, starting Thursday through Sunday is going to be Sweet Charity. And then the best part is the rep style weekends. So the weekends that follow is going to be one of each show, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, a We Will Rock You, A Love's Labour's Lost, and A Sweet Charity. And then when we get to the end of the summer, we'll have the youth ensemble come in and uh, do Heathers. And that's exciting because we're actually doing two rep weekends this Mm -hmm. year, which is a first for us, another bit. And we're even exploring as much as possible, trying to find a way. We're working with the team at Misericordia to possibly do a production of We Will Rock You at their theater. And we're very optimistic. Check our website because we hope that we're going to be able to offer that on July 23rd. There are just a few more things we have to work out, but... That's a big deal for us because now not only are we serving, of course, our our good friends in Lackawanna County, but now we're expanding and really living up to our standard of creating theater for all. And hopefully people who really enjoyed themselves at that production of We Will Rock You might be willing to make a little trip to see the rest of the rep weekend in Scranton. They promise they will. We heard from Michael Bradshaw Flynn, artistic director and executive producer, co-founder of the Scranton Shakespeare Festival, and Jonathan Stevens, managing director, also executive producer. And they spoke about the 2022 summer season, and the season gets underway, as we heard, this Friday, July 1st, and the opening production is We Will Rock You, July 1st, 2nd, 3rd, and it's the Lackawanna College Theater, 501 Vine Street in Scranton. 
They'll be back on the 30th there as part of the rep weekend with We Will Rock You. But they suggested that we check the website to see whether there will be a performance of We Will Rock You in Dallas, Pennsylvania, just outside Wilkes-Barre. And yes, it's on the website, July 23rd at Le Mans Theater, 301 Lake Street in Dallas, again, just outside Wilkes-Barre, and We Will Rock You will be there. And they're hoping that if you enjoy that performance, you'll travel to Scranton to see some of the other productions. Love's Labors Lost by Shakespeare following July 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 24th, and 31st at the Marketplace at Steamtown. Victoria Ray Sook is the director. Sweet Charity, July 14th, 15th, 16th, 17th, and Rep Weekends, the 22nd and 29th, also at the Marketplace at Steamtown. And then the Young Ones will be along with Heather's, August 3rd, 4th, and 5th at the Marketplace at Steamtown, 300 Lackawanna Avenue. For more information on the Scranton Shakespeare Festival, Summer Season 2022, scrantonshakes.com and it's s-h-a-k-e-s scrantonshakes.com scranton shakes will rock you this summer we will rock you love's labor's lost and sweet charity with heathers to come (laughs) 